Here's important new Hello and welcome. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be listening. You're uh, listening to the Tory Says Show on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tory. It's Monday, February 11th, 2019. Is it me or is 2019 moving pretty quick? We've got Valentine's Day coming up soon. Another Hallmark holiday that I'm more than happy to indulge in. We have a lot to talk about today. Like I said on Friday, I didn't want to talk about the Whitaker testimony and all the Easter eggs built inside of that testimony until today. I wanted to sit and listen to the whole thing and draw exactly what was being said and provide you my impressions of it. In the second hour, of course, I open up phone lines. To all of my listeners in El Paso, I am super jealous and very excited for you to have the president there today, who I know from Chatter is going to be making some big announcement on uh, border security there. So he's going to be leaving soon uh, to head out that way. There's a lot to talk about. Where do we start? First of all, remember, you can always find me on ToriSays.com here on Red State Talk Radio, Monday through Friday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live. And on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. Now, where do we begin? Because a lot was said during this hearing with uh, Acting Attorney General Whitaker. Observing him, though, I can say, he seems so level-headed. He seems like the guy who can have a criminal standing right next to him, know that the criminal is guilty, but because the rules weren't followed, he will not prosecute. That is true, 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 true jurisprudence, true. He is straightforward, to the point, by the law, giving equal, I would say, application of the law across the board, which is great. Looking at him, uh, you know, he's the type of guy that'll tell you when you walk out of the house and look horrible, hey, you look really bad in that. So he's honest. 
And while he was there, even though it was supposed to be the Department of Justice oversight hearing to see how they're acting, what they're doing, pretty weird on timing. I think he felt it too. He made a profound statement uh, about an hour into the Inquisition, which said, you know, I have a little less than a week left here. So is he confirming that William Barr will indeed be attorney general this week? Because it seemed really odd that the questions posed to him seemed more like a confirmation hearing, didn't they? More along the line of asking him what he did before. Tell us about your career. They were confirming that he was never confirmed, that he was never put forward in front of elected persons in D.C. to confirm if he can be acting attorney general, which we all know is not the way it happens. They asked him questions like, yes or no, yes or no. Kind of like, okay, um, did you hit her for the second time after you hit her the first time? Yes or no. And it's kind of like making him admit to things. It was more of a set up, let's get answers than anything. And it was more so to indicate how they believe that he was appointed. Okay. This is the air of the whole, um, this is like the, the underlying tone from all the democratic, uh, the Democrats that were sitting there and asking questions. They were trying to infer that he was appointed chief of staff out of nowhere because he called this a witch hunt. He said, uh, you know, the finances of the president's uh, of the president are overkill, off the record, overreach, etc. And he said all that as a private citizen. So they then went on asking specific questions like, hey, did you like discuss your opinions with the president, his family, Kelly, or, you know, maybe Rudy Giuliani before you were hired? Then they wanted to get really specific. How are you a year in as chief of staff and suddenly you're acting attorney general? They wanted to show that he was appointed by the president because the president wanted someone who was his guy. Okay. Not someone that was impartial, but his guy. So basically he was being interviewed. Nadler kept asking about Mueller and we all know that during investigations, Comments cannot be made. Statements can never be made um, because that's usually the rule of thumb. But he was adamant to get those questions. Obviously went over on his time. Whitaker called him out and said, uh, your five minutes are up. He was upset. But it seemed that all the Democrats just wanted him yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. Which was concerning. It's kind of like, well, well, no, I'm not going to answer it like that just because you said so. He even said, I won't be your political puppet at some point, right? The main uh, gist of this whole um, oversight supposed hearing came in the first three hours. 
it was pretty intense because Nadler just kept saying yes or no, just answer yes or no. When the question's being asked, he can't. But he did ask very specific questions, which, which makes me wonder and to analyze why they would ask such highly specific questions, which means that they are referring to some information they have from somewhere. For example, he said, you know, uh, between December 19th of 2018 and Christmas, were you briefed uh, in regards to the Mueller investigation? Yes or no? Why would they be so highly specific? I mean, he started his job in November. He's obviously going to be brief because as acting attorney general, he's in charge, right? He's in charge. So they asked him, were you brief between the 19th of December and Christmas? And we need to remember what was going on right before Christmas. Do we all remember? What was going on is, is that Comey was testifying. Loretta Lynch was testifying, right? Remember that? And Huber was supposed to testify. Do you guys remember that? He was supposed to be coming out with some findings, but didn't. So this is very interesting. They were very specific on the time period where he must have been briefed. Then they said, all right, fine. You obviously are the acting attorney general, so you obviously were briefed. So after this briefing, whenever it took place, did you convey anything to the president? Yes or no? Yes or no? And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you what I speak with uh, in confidence, you know, to the president. Yes or no? Yes or no? That's all he kept saying. Any third party? He's like, what do you mean like third party? I, you know, didn't give the briefing to anyone in the White House senior official or the president. That's what you asked. No, but do you think any other third party, did you brief them that might have told the Trump administration? So hypothetically, did you by any chance speak to anybody else? So that would mean anyone in your office that's part of this. That may have told the president, he's just like, listen, man, I didn't brief the president. I mean, you know, or the White House. I can't tell you who I think may have. Like, it was a WTF moment right there. Like, what are we doing here? We're throwing out hypotheticals and we're putting it out there so that you could say, well, you said it's possible or, you know, that could happen. He didn't even fall into that trap, which was incredible. Also, if we remember all the questioning they did to Comey, to Rod Rosenstein, Ray, completely different tone than what they were doing to Whitaker. They were attacking this man. They were treating him as some third-rate citizen. Not even a citizen. Well, has to be a citizen because they, they value non-citizens more. But Whitaker is a, seems to be a really fair man of the law. And he's not a political pawn. You know, and he went on to ask a very specified question again, Nadler. He said, did the special counsel ask you to approve something? Like, you know, have did you ever approve or disapprove an action by the special counsel? Basically, what he wanted to know... And this is something that Collins brought up was, 
the raid on Roger Stone. Were you supposed to approve it or disapprove it? That's what he wants to know. The actions that this, that the special counsel does, do you have to approve or disapprove? And that was a really dumb question. Because remember, Mueller is an inferior officer. He reports to Whitaker. Now, does he get approval or disapproval to do things? I don't know. Possibly if it's outside of the scope. But as long as he still has that memo from Rod Rosenstein, which was the broadest of the broadest scopes, which is investigate this and anything that you may come across, feel free to investigate that too. And anything that you come across, go up as many levels as you want. So basically he answered correctly by saying, no decision has required me to take action or interfere with the special counsel's actions. He cannot. He has his scope from the acting attorney general at the time that issued it, which was Rod Rosenstein. His job is to oversee, collect information, and observe. He cannot impede. The only time that the special counsel would actually ask the uh, acting attorney general for approval or disapproval is when they go outside of the scope. And that's going to be really hard because the scope that Rosenstein gave to Mueller was very broad. It was also interesting to see that Collins, he was, you know, upset. First of all, he's like, you know, the five minute rule really needs to apply. We can't just, for some people it applies and others don't. Then he said, this is supposed to be a DOJ oversight. It's really not. He was pretty clear on that, but he went right into the meat of things. He asked about the Roger Stone indictment. He said, he asked him questions about it and he said it was an ongoing investigation and that He was briefed. He also asked him, well, you know, a CNN reporter was camped outside of his home. Did you know about that? Whitaker said yes, and it's deeply concerning. And Collins, of course, was very pleased with that mention. Now, just so you guys understand what Whitaker said, because it was a little bit uh, of a legalese standpoint. When there's a sealed indictment, the grand jury makes a decision based on the information they have, right? It's usually one-sided, kind of like FISA courts. And it has to be beyond any shadow of the doubt. So the grand jury decides, yes, let's indict Roger Stone. So they decide this. And what happens is the FBI gets together and says, okay, we're going to arrest him. They plan and they go. In order to arrest him in Florida, the FBI had to give notice to the local police and sheriff's department that they will be in town to arrest. They knew. Now, how does the media find out after the person is arrested Then the indictment is placed on the DOJ DOJ website and everybody knows a lot of us are signed up to get alerts, right? And that's how we know the press. It's like a press release on their website. For some reason, 
from the minute the grand jury decided, okay, let's indict him, and up until it was released on the website, CNN camped outside the house and knew about it. The timing, there's like a gap there of, you know, seven, eight hours. How did they know? And that's a problem, Colin said. And he said, it seems like it didn't go through the normal channels. And he and Whitaker shared the same concern of one specific media outlet, not all of them, being tipped off of this arrest and indictment before it was even publicly available. So that was what Collins cleared, uh, made clear, and Whitaker made his position clear, which he said, I have been briefed and I find it deeply concerning. Which in, if we translate it, means we're looking into that and boy, are we looking into that. Another question he asked was about Orr. Is he still employed? And yes, believe it or not, Bruce Orr, who's married to Nellie Orr, who Nellie Orr worked for Fusion GPS, who Nellie Orr was linked to the uh, Russian national spy within our U.S. embassy in Russia, is still working. He asked, well, was Bruce Orr operating outside of channels that he should be? And this is what Whitaker's answer was, which tells us everything we need to know. The Office of the Inspector General is looking into the Carter Page FISA warrant. And everything, as you know, is being reviewed by John Huber out of Utah as appointed by Sessions. He also said, I'm aware that they're going to subpoena you for another deposition to Whitaker. And that's when Whitaker said, well, I only have less than a week left. And it kind of feels like the Democrats are, may not confirm Barr so that they can keep Whitaker on because they're trying to find a way to say for impeachment or meddling or anything that President Trump took Whitaker on because of his views, because he had tweeted out, don't comply with the financials to one of President Trump's lawyer in a tweet when he was a private citizen, which infers that, you know, by them, they're saying that implies that he hired him only because of being favorable to quashing the Mueller investigation. So there is a possibility that they will utilize the appointment of acting attorney general Whitaker against the president. Now, if they do that, they have to let him stay on and not put bar up, right? Because the longer you have him on and, um, this, if the Mueller investigation ceases, like he said, it was coming to an end and they were stuck on that. We'll get into that. It indicates to them for them, this is what they're doing to ramp up for impeachment. Remember that, that they colluded. That's what they want to show, that they colluded. So it may be the case that uh, Barr may not be confirmed. Now, Whitaker, in respects to Orr, 
responded by saying, look, this is a human resources thing in the OIG, so I can't comment on it. Um, but yes, he is still employed. Now, after they broke Lofgren from California, another Democrat, an insane radical lefty, said, well, you said the investigation is close to be completed. So you uh, said that. And he said, yeah, but I can't comment on it because it's an ongoing. But you already did comment on it in regards to Roger Stone. And, you know, she was trying to skew it. The Roger Stone was like, how did they know about the indictment? Had nothing to do with the Mueller investigation itself. It had to do with the processes. But this is how Democrats work. They like to skew things. So she was trying to get him into a box. And instead he said, I was giving a press conference about Huawei, about how they were stealing intellectual property. I can't talk about the Mueller investigation. And so I was asked about it. That's all I could say. I told you it was, you know, ongoing. She's like, well, you did talk about it, even though it's ongoing. Uh, you know, we want to know what you meant. What do you mean? It's close to an end. And he said, um, well, like I said, I can't comment on the investigation itself because what he was referring to before was the way they executed parts of the investigation that were visible to the general public. But she wanted to make it a little bit clearer. And she said, well, you said, and I quote, comfortable that directions were made, um, com comfortable that directions were made and will be reviewed by the many means we have. Um, hello, the special counsel regulations uh, give direction and um, how he is supposed to review the report because it's all about timing of the special counsel. It's um, their regulation. Uh, that is the way it is. And the AG, acting AG in this case, receives a confidential report, and it'll cover any decisions that came through it. These are all by regulations. But what they were trying to say is, is that he led on that it was done. And so they want to know, is it really done? If so, we want to see it, Right. And that is where he reinforced, I have less than a week before Barr comes on board. So here's the thing. Will Barr be confirmed this week? He said less than a week. So are we waiting for midweek, like Valentine's Day, maybe Wednesday, that he gets confirmed? Will they confirm him, though, considering that he is at an end of this investigation and the only thing that they may have toward impeachment, because remember William Barr said he's not going to release the report. He is going to give a summary based on the report he receives when the case is closed. That's not something the Democrats want. The Democrats want it so they can pinpoint and start feeding to the media. So they might not approved bar. And I believe that there are many, 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 many Republicans that are not really Republicans. We've seen them in action, right? Uh, there's seven of them to be specific, uh, that would, um, side with the Democrats on this, that they want to see it. I mean, all of us want to see the report because it was a waste of millions of dollars, but it's important, right? That we have this pretty much out there. Now, before our first break, I just wanted to say, we have to remember that the special counsel was created by Rosenstein back in May of 2017, and he gave him one of the broadest scopes ever, the broadest. Basically, it was, 
you can investigate anything that comes up while you're investigating XYZ. And so what's weird is, and it's something that Jordan uh, put out, is that two and a half months later, he gave him a memo to say what you're doing is like, you know, right on board, et cetera, et cetera. But the weird thing is, is that it is assumed that names were in that report telling him that he's doing everything by scope. And here's the thing, because 70% of that document is redacted. And it seems to be that Jordan asked successful questions because it seems that there are names in that memo. So this means what? That the special counsel um, gave names to be investigated? Like the scope of the investigation, uh, well, basically he gave a memo giving him the authority. But in there, there were names. And it was stated, we don't investigate people in America. That's, That's not the way the United States work. We investigate crimes. If there is no crime, you do not investigate the person. You can't take a person and start looking for crimes. Unfortunately, corrupt law enforcement do this all the time. And the acting attorney general confirmed, correct, we never investigate people. We investigate a crime. In essence, if it is found that names were provided or a law enforcement official has indeed taken a human being and investigated them to find a crime, they themselves are breaking the law. It's imperative we recognize this. We never investigate individuals. We investigate crimes. If you have such a large scope as special counsel, Why would you be provided names specifically? Which is a question we'll evaluate right after this break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the second half hour or the first hour of the Tory Says Show. So where we left it off is, do we investigate people or do we investigate crimes? In history, throughout history, a king would order an investigation on their political opponents or anyone that raises their voice against them, emperors, and politicians, right, do that. Remember McCain using the IRS against his opponents, right? So the question here is, Rod Rosenstein, did he give him special authority with this memo that's 70% redacted to investigate specific names? Did he provide names to Robert Mueller to investigate he asked, are there names? And guess what? Whitaker did not answer the question. He just confirmed in our country, we do not investigate crime. We do not investigate individuals, only crimes. This is the foundation of our judicial system. This is what makes us a democracy. This is what gives us the right to be free people. That we don't have to worry that someone in power will collude with law enforcement to find anything on someone. But unfortunately, and I know this all too well, this is exactly what happens. They investigate people and not crimes. Two and a half months with the broadest scope ever provided to any special counsel in history with no boundaries, no specifics, 
and with the right to investigate things that may arise, a document was then provided where over 70% of it is redacted. And it'll be very interesting to see if there are names in that document. Very interesting. See, this came up again later on when it was asked, you know, why he said invest. why Cohen asked him, why do you say that investigating the president of the United States finances is crossing a red line? Since Rod Rosenstein had already given him a broad scope saying any matters that arose, you know, that he should investigate. He said to Whitaker, so what if they found out he owed oligarchs or Russians a lot of money? Why shouldn't they investigate his finances? Well, up until today, none of that has come true. None of that is realistic. Yet we have the Democrats reinforcing this and putting it on. Now, Whitaker said, I was a private citizen at the time, and I only had publicly available information. Those comments were made by, by me as a private citizen. The fact that he tweeted at one point before he was not a private citizen, before he started working for the DOJ, he said, you know, don't comply to the lawyer of President Trump. So now... This is why I'm saying if you if you take a look at it, they tell you exactly what their plans are. They are planning to say that acting attorney General Whitaker was placed as chief of staff as a plan all along because Sheila Jackson even turned around and said, well, after Sessions was fired, you know, you just suddenly came out of nowhere, she said. You came out of nowhere. You know, how did you just get there? Like, who are you to have done that? You haven't, you know, you're not someone that has to, you know, that has the experience or whatever. And he's like, listen, man, while I was chief of staff, because Jeff Sessions was recused, so was I. The minute he left, I'm no longer recused from the special counsel. That's the way the law works. So now I am in charge of them. That doesn't mean that I interfere. That doesn't mean I tell them what they can and can't do because they already have a scope and a really broad scope. Sheila Jackson then moved on, you know, demanding yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. It was incredible. All of them were just trying to get him to say yes or no. She was... I mean, watching her questioning our acting attorney general just showed how insane the Democrats are, how scared they are and in what panic they are because they were trying to force him to make statements. They were demanding that he make statements that he was never going to make. And he made it clear by saying, I'm not going to be your political puppet. She also wanted him to go on the record and say, you haven't prosecuted anyone in regards to voting rights cases and voting blah, blah, blah. So he said, listen, we'll follow up with writing with all the cases that we have done so because I don't have that with me. Further down the line, the Democrats were demanding that he provide his letter of, uh, you know, when he was hired and how he was hired and what his package was and when he came on. And she was like, you came on at this time. He was like, no, I came on on October, I think he said 7th of 2017. And then he became acting attorney general in November of 2018, which was a little over a year after he started, which is what they are trying to do. If you look at this, questioning, it was one, 
like a confirmation hearing where they were asking him his opinions, asking him, trying to entrap him to make statements, right? And also indicating that they wanted to show that there was collusion and this was planned for him to be hired and then put in as acting attorney general. He again reinforced that he'll be leaving soon. Another thing that they brought up was the fact that the GSA isn't addressing the post office. He's thinking, you know, the Trump hotel. So they're trying to say that this um, is a violation to the uh, emoluments clause. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, um, the emoluments clause is basically uh, kind of like showing um, federal office people um you know, providing or kind of like bribing people. So in essence, they want to make it seem that because he's leasing the post office, he's kind of bribing the post office. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't to me, but they're trying anything. This is just how desperate they are. And they asked acting attorney general Whitaker that question. He said, look, this is ongoing, like civil litigation that's going on. I'm aware of the situation, but I'm, I'm unable to actually talk about it. I mean, bottom line is uh, this is something that they're dealing with. If that's the case, that's the case. I don't know. That's not something I'm in. That's a civil lawsuit that's happening that, you know, the Democrats brought up saying, oh, because he's leasing the old post office space that suddenly, you know, he's bribing federal postal workers like I'm not getting it. They, but what I do get from all of these questions and the way they pose them is that they are trying to formulate a narrative, a narrative that says that this president is colluding and bringing on team players that are his buddies to uh, see him free and clear from the Mueller investigation. He doesn't need help. The president doesn't need any help. Because the Mueller investigation is a farce. Two years, no Russia collusion. The only Russian collusion we have is the Clinton Foundation receiving over $145 billion from Russians. Is the previous administration colluding with the Russians? It's Mueller himself delivering the Uranium One sample to Russia. There's your Russian collusion. Because if they had anything on the president, you better believe it, that everyone would know it. The bottom line is this questioning of our acting attorney general indicated their fear and their uncertainty if they should confirm William Barr. Now, I said it in November that if William Barr ever gets confirmed, it'll be right before the General Flynn sentencing hearing, right? Which is in March. I also said that they won't even start the confirmation process until February. I've been on point so far. On this end, though, the Democrats have started to try to mitigate the situation and not fall into what they believe are traps, meaning so they don't expose themselves, right? Because they're a little bit more careful in exposing themselves. They're not very good at it because this hearing all of a sudden 
indicated that they are on the fence. They are unsure if they should go forward with the confirmation of William Barr because he will not provide the report to them. But they know that he is a swamp man. He is one of the old money swamp men. So they asked questions of Whitaker thinking, well, if we keep him on because we won't allow Barr to be confirmed, then we can entrap him and show that he's been working with the president, which is something that I've always wanted, which is the president saying, you know what? All right. You don't want William Barr. That's fine. We're confirming Whitaker now because, you know, he's been doing a great job. Let's just keep it that way. This is something that I would like to see. I would like to see Whitaker take on the role of the actual attorney general because he is fair, square, and down to the letter of the law with no political gymnastics in between. And it's so hard to find that. I mean, we even had our chief justice completely side with the liberals in regards to abortion just last week, which completely blew my mind. By the way, where is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? We have a Supreme Court operating at a deficit, and we have no signs of life from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No one is giving any health reports on her. You know, we had one from the president's physician, do you remember the last time it happened that he said he was what, six foot four, not six foot three or six foot three and not six foot four. It was hilarious. Like they'll pick at anything. So our president is in amazing health. Totally want to know what his diet is. I really do. He operates with naps and he's a workhorse. I want to be like president Trump. Uh, you know how, what was that commercial? I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Trump when I grow up and I'm in my seventies. Um, and being hard and fast like he is. But why don't we have one for Pence? Why don't we have one for Pelosi? I'd like to see the mental and physical health of Pelosi. Guarantee you, if you have an actual cognitive screening of Pelosi, she would fail it. Why aren't we having it for her? Why don't we have one like that for Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Why, why, why? How is our Supreme Court operating at a deficit? If she's not well enough to go into office, why is she writing opinions from her house? Who's writing them for her? Those are questions that we all need answered. Where is she? It would be pretty hard for our president to do anything on that front, isn't it? Now, before we get into the second hour where we'll talk about border security, we'll talk about developments and talk about Schiff because Adam Schiff this week is going to be the talk of the town. Kind of like we had Pelosi week two weeks ago. This week is going to be Schiffy week. I thought we could take a look at this weekend's tweets. You know, he has been constantly reinforcing himself because the media won't. All of the successes that he's accomplished as a president by himself with his hands tied behind his back. He has 
helped us in regards to reducing the uh, taxes on our income. And yet, here's what's funny. People are complaining that they're getting less income tax returns. And it's kind of like, well, hold on a second. You're paying less taxes throughout the year, but you want to get a return as high as the one you got when you were paying more taxes. That makes no sense. No sense. If you were paying a hundred dollars, let's say for a whole year and your tax return that year was a hundred dollars. Fair enough. But if you're paying $60 all year for taxes, you can't expect a hundred dollars on your tax return. But this is how liberals play with numbers and confuse people and obfuscate actual facts and processes. It's pretty incredible. Our president has uh, injected confidence in our economy on a local domestic level and also attracting foreign investment. He is ending wars, endless wars making peace with North Korea. We're going to see him going there next week. I am so excited. He's going to be going to Vietnam and, uh, you know, continuing this Korean peninsula talk, which is very important. We need peace with Asia. Oh, speaking of Asia, let's just put a hiatus Grammys yesterday. You know what? (laughs) Nobody was watching the Grammys. And if you noticed all the tweets were pretty much Korean and, um, other languages. It's like no Americans were watching. Nobody cared to watch, but we'll get that in the second half. I just thought I'd throw that out there. So we have a president that has to himself reinforce what his achievements are because the press won't, and they're not the press, they're propaganda. So let's call them what they are. He also retweeted a couple of people saying that he has the sound legal grounds to, Uh, put forward national emergency, which could be what he's doing tonight in El Paso. That would be incredible. A thousand feet from the border to declare a national emergency. I'd be totally game. And I am so jealous for every single person going out there today. You know, he also tweeted out how upset he was that the border committee Democrats are behaving all of a sudden irrationally. Let's remember that they're not all Democrats. It's the Republicans too, right? Because we have that clown hove in there that refuses to call it a wall, wants to call it a barrier, right? Because he wants to, uh, you know, he's, he's a lefty. He's a radical, insane leftist that has made a fortune while being senator, right? So he tweeted out that not only are they unwilling to give dollars for the obviously needed wall, They overrode recommendations of border patrol experts, but they don't even want to take murderers into custody. What is going on? Exactly. We have murderers that are coming through our border and they don't want to detain them. Mexico, remember, with their new president, have implemented new immigration policies that all Mexican citizens are behind. Ask the Mexicans. They are tired of the invasion of migrants. They are tired. And they say, if you do not comply to be screened, have your biometrics taken and a thorough background check in your country, you cannot come through to Mexico. Why are the Mexicans okay with that? But when it comes to us, 
It's racist or xenophobic. It's as if the Democrats want criminals and murderers and child traffickers and drug traffickers in our country. Why? Well, if you have chaos within, it's easier to control. People comply a lot faster and with less questions if they're scared. We only need one, just one terrorist. I was watching a video this morning where this group records people going through um, some rancher's place. And it showed a bunch of able-bodied men, you know, crossing the border through this ranch, wearing big backpacks, and they had AK-47s. Why are they coming in with a, those, obviously, the square backpacks that were huge were obviously drugs. But this is what's coming through our border. They're coming armed through, I can't even imagine being that rancher with the 50 acres of land and having people with, you know, AK-47s in, you know, camouflage outfits carrying thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of drugs going through my property and then resting by my horses and then taking a horse for a ride while they cross my property. This is happening. This is reality. And yet the Democrats don't want to stop this. The Democrats want crime. They want drugs. They want trafficking. Because guess what? They have got skin in the game. And you know what the skin is? What we talked about, what I have been talking about for years, which is the North American Union. If we succeed and build a wall, it'll be a lot more difficult to have one nation of three. It'll be a lot more difficult for them to control us. Because if you can regulate crime, regulate terrorists, regulate child trafficking, regulate drugs, then you can't regulate free people. And that's the problem. How do they manipulate people? By instilling fear. And the only way you can instill fear in someone that will readily forfeit their free rights to anything, their rights to privacy, their rights to property, their rights to gun ownership, their rights to everything, is when you make them so scared for their well-being and their children's well-being that they find no other option rather than to obey your command and comply. This is how the left operates. And you know, that's one way. The other way is to socially train you. I saw an article from uh, the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom where a woman called a man who now is a woman, a transgender, you know, she called him by the wrong pronoun and the police went to her house in front of her children and arrested her for misgendering someone. This is something that is going to come to the United States if we allow it. I am not going to entertain someone because they want to be a cat. It's not, it's ma'am 
Remember that viral video? Even GameStop made like a little toy out of it where, you know, just because you decide that you want to change your gender doesn't mean everyone's going to agree with you. You have to deal with it. Like I still see Bruce Jenner. I'm sorry. I can't see Caitlyn. I don't care how much makeup, what kind of dress, what kind. I still see him. I can't see her. I saw him Olympics, him, him, him. You know, it's really hard for me to say they're one in the same people. I just, you know, still a dude. I'm sorry. I can't. I have a lot of friends that are transgendered. It took me a while to learn their new names. I still don't get it. And I tell them that I don't get it. Don't you wish you were a dude again? I tell some of them, or don't you wish you were a woman again? I tell them that. I ask them. And you know what? 70% of them say, yes, I do miss it. And this is why we have high suicide rates because at some point they decide that they made a mistake. It's kind of like when you experiment with, you know, the same sex in college, some people are ashamed to admit it at some point, right? Because, you know, that was a phase. And sometimes, you know, phases are so passionate that you just take it to that extreme. But anyway, the bottom line is the Democrats are using every single weapon they have. They're using the media. They're trying, they're using criminals. You know, Nicole Maliotakis, you know, that MS-13 gang member that shot someone, he had nine convictions for felonies. And because New York City is a sanctuary place, they didn't have him in jail. So he's done this before. And there he was shooting someone at the subway in New York. No big deal. Cause it's a sanctuary because the person is an illegal immigrant. They were let go. Yet if you or I, who are American citizens did anything remotely close, we would be in jail yet because they are illegal and undocumented and have decided that they're going to come into our country, like it or not. That's the way it is. And you know what? If you see the videos that are going around Facebook and Twitter on these caravan buses where people are like, well, what if you don't go through? Nope, we're going to go through. And all the other countries of the world are going to pressure America to let us go through because we own the right to enter that country because we said so. This is the mentality of those that are on the caravan. They're being told that no matter what, they're coming into this country. They can go there with no identification whatsoever. They can claim they are from wherever. And they decide that they can just come into our country because they said so. Well, our president today is going to make a huge speech on that. Now, after this break... I want us to talk election, talk about Snow Woman announcing, talk about what Warren said about the president probably not being a free person, and talk about 2020 a little bit more. I will open up the phone lines where you can call to 215-TOP-TALK and chime in. And if you have any questions, I'd love to hear them. I'll see you all in a few. February.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, for the second hour of the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tory. So I opened up my phone lines. Feel free to call at 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. But we, before we begin, we have a listener, Raul, who called last week, uh, who sent, I got a picture of him in his Trump gear, and I just tweeted it out to Katrina Pearson, Brad Pascal, and uh, to the president. Uh, let's all root and hope that Raul can actually meet him. I think we have Raul on the line at the El Paso rally. Uh, Raul, uh, you're live on air. How are you? Are you excited? Good morning. How are you? Yes, yes, I am. And I just heard what you're saying about Brad, uh, Brad Parscale and Christina Pearson, and I really, really appreciate it. I am not um, quite there yet. I'm waiting for my bus to pick me up. So I should be there at, uh, let me see, in about three hours, two o'clock El Paso time. Oh my gosh. And you know, when you go in there, um, obviously you can have your, um, bus drop you off closer to hand and see if you can, uh, meet up with your local GOP, usually at the lines, you know, cause they have VIP tickets and those that are invitees yeah. from their GOP members. And, uh, I'm pretty sure none of them out there, some of them listening right now, would turn you away. It would be a great opportunity. You know, sometimes you just go there and they just give you the VIP pass because they know you're coming. Right, right. And I'm going to tell you what might help me. I mean, obviously, uh, you said that uh, Scott Adams sent you this picture. Uh, well, those sneakers you're talking about, I will definitely be wearing them. And I'm glad to know that Brad Parscale and some others I don't know if he'll be there, but I know what he looks like physically. So um, I'm there to watch, but I do believe that I, if I try, I might have a, a real chance of actually meeting the president. That would be great. You know, um, I, I've been to many of the rallies. Uh, they are electric. Um, like I said, the last one I went to, which was in Fargo, there were men literally crying crying behind me so much uh testosterone going around with tears it was incredible to watch yeah, yeah. um how and, united you know they all given are. all the all the ugly stuff people say you know they want to kill them and so on everybody knows that the whole country and israel a lot of people pray for him so i i just don't believe that that it's happening so uh that same get up that you see in the picture that's exactly what I will be wearing, and it's my understanding that Ted Cruz is also going to make it. 
Well, you know, Ted, I, I don't like Ted Cruz myself. Um, I don't he personally. He, I don't. He's not charismatic. Well, no, it's not that. He looks like he's wearing a human suit and that he's itchy in it. I just don't trust him. Uh, his background. Um, he is old school, deep embedded money. Um, obviously, like many people, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, they went behind the president and supported him in hopes that yeah. when he exits, that they have a uh, possibility of entering into. To the White House. Uh, this is where their yeah, eye lot, is. It's on the prize. A lot of a lot of people nationally, they do not know that Governor Abbott is himself in a wheelchair because they only show him from the shoulders up on TV. But he's actually in a wheelchair himself, and a lot of people don't know that nationally. Really, I didn't know that either. He is he is in a wheelchair now. There's a difference between he and I, and that is that reason I'm in a wheelchair is because I was born with um, cerebral palsy, but he is actually paralyzed. Okay, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was out somewhere, and a tree fell on him and it broke his back. But, yeah, he is he's confined to a wheelchair, and most people around the country do not have a clue. So uh, I'm I'm also hoping to meet him because... I think he's like a million times tougher than Rick Perry, you know. So, so yeah, he's also confined to a wheelchair, and people need to know that. Well, I've spoken with a lot of attorney general uh, employees in Texas and uh, with your uh, consumer division there. Uh, you know, you in Texas, they have pretty good law enforcement, um, pretty genuine, oh, very yeah. to the rule. I mean, you know, when I brought up things like uh, the the sketchy migrant uh, visa companies that were operating, bringing to their attention that they're not registered with the secretary of state. You know, these attorney generals were right. on board and the uh, legal voting by, uh, you know, resident aliens and illegal immigrants. You see that blowing up now. I mean, oh, they oh, are very oh, yeah. approachable, very kind. And you would think that's the case in all red states, but it's not. I found um, the attorney generals of some blue states are actually uh, very strong constitutionalists, very strong men of the law. But we don't see that uh, in my state. They're just corrupt, right. all of them. But I was that's very why impressed. It's, a, it's good to be in Texas. But if I heard you correctly, you got this picture out to Katrina Pearson and Brad Parsons. Still? Yes, I tweeted it out. Hopefully everyone listening. I'm, I just tweeted out under my handle at, um, Tori underscore says. I'll send it to a couple of friends to retweet as well. Hopefully, uh, mm -hmm. we can get, um, hopefully Raul, you can meet him. But you know, I wanted to ask you a question. You're heading in there. I'll tell you what my expectations are of this rally and you tell me what yours mm -hmm. are. Um, I can just say that I'm expecting to see Border Patrol there, uh, ICE discussing, uh, the issue issue of illegal immigration, crime, drugs, and trafficking, possibly yeah. maybe some local stories of how uh, crime fell when the wall went up. And, you know, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that he's going to announce a national emergency today at the rally. What are your expectations? What do you expect to see or what would you like to see? I, I'm hoping for that, but something in my gut tells me that's not going to happen today. I think he's going to do the right thing and let these people take it to the very last day. 
on the 15th so he can show the country that he was given no ultimate he was not given a choice and he's given them he's not giving them a, a choice anymore so even if they give him uh, $2 billion as a token, I think he's going to come up with the rest of it through other departments. So he's just he's just dragging this out himself so the whole world can can see what um, what the Democrats are are up to. Okay, so I, I'm hoping you're right, but I I just don't don't think so. But I'll be pleasantly surprised if he does. And I hope, I don't know if you have any insight if Brad Parscale will be here today, but uh, he usually goes to the rally, so I'm going to be able to spot him because I know exactly what he looks like. And he's very, you know very I mean? tall, I could tell you that. Uh, Dan Scavino is also oh, yeah. taller than you would think. Uh, when I saw him, well, I'm short, so I'm 5 nothing. so... Everyone's taller than me. Well, but when I saw him, since at the, I'm sitting, uh, 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 since you gotta measure me, my head in the wheelchair, it's about four feet off the ground. So we'll see what. Well, my know, friends so, always yeah, joke that I need like to that. stand up, even though I'm standing up. My husband does that all the time. He's like, stand up. Right. Uh, but um, right. yeah, he Brad Pascal is super tall. Um, I am very excited for you. I believe it's going to be really electric. We're going to have some really good local uh, stories coming out. I'm pretty sure of that, mm-hmm. of how their life's changed. And, and, and my thing is, I was saying that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pushing myself around, but I, I also understand that I'm going to be surrounded by a lot of good people. So I also know there's a few people out there that are going to be willing to, um, you know, give me a hand and things. But I'm going to say this, and it's not tongue-in-cheek, but if I do run into the CNN camera, I'm going to say, Mr. President, deport Jim Acosta. Yes. We we can't we can we can exile him, you know. Um, but I think the best punishment sometimes is to let them stay and uh, uh, realize the the fruits of our labor to make America great again. Sometimes I just wanted to remind you: make sure you don't bring any drinks with you because you have to empty them at the door. You can't bring them in with you. And right, just have right, some change with you um, to get a drink or whatever you might need, like a bottle of water inside uh, before you head oh, to where I, your seating I, is. Make I, sure I you do you that. I meant tequila and whiskey. Oh. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about even water. You can't bring <laughs> that in there with you. Okay. So just for okay. people that yeah, haven't been yeah. to rallies, that's the way it is. Come light. When I went, all I had was like a small handbag. Well, no, actually I had a big one, but it was pretty empty. So that way I could put stuff mm-hmm. in it. Um, so right. travel like you're going to the airport, no liquids, you know, maybe have a backup battery charger. Um, I am well, so excited for everyone in Texas I, today. I'm going to take a burrito and I don't think they're going to confiscate that. They might actually, um, they have oh. done that. So just so you know, okay. uh, they usually have snacks inside too. So just have a bit of change oh, if you okay. can. Um, make sure you're fed yeah. before you go and don't bring water to the door for all of you listening in Texas right now. You will have to leave it at the door. Uh, One thing I will tell you, and this is true, but it's funny. Once I leave the door, I'm not drinking another drop of anything at all until I come back because, you know, being in my situation, a wheelchair, 
it can be a royal pain to find facilities. So I'm not drinking a drop of anything till the rest of the well, I'm so I am very excited for you. I hope you're right up front. I hope you're right there, and that um, you know you're going to be mm-hmm. hearing it firsthand. Uh, you know, from his mouth, what he needs to tell us in regards to border security. His deadline is just four short days away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with him pulling the trigger right now. And like I said, and before, that would that would be that symbolically it would be perfect because it's right on the border. Exactly. Okay, and, it's, and, right, it's right on the border. And and this border in particular is proof positive that the border wall works. Of all places, this is probably the strongest uh, southern border in the country. Well, there are also complaints, and that's something, you know, I am all for the wall, but when it was built uh, beforehand, right, before President Trump, mm-hmm. uh, there were people that had property, and they can't even access their property because it's on the other side of the border. And that's something that we need to address. I mean, I think all of us would agree, even though it would cost us money, would you not build the border mm-hmm. around the person's property? I would. I would um, do yeah. that uh, because I found that completely unfair as to how the previous administrations just decided to trample on the property rights of the people of the United States. For that, that's one thing I'd love to see addressed um, by this administration well, to show problem, that they value our rights. you have here in El Paso is uh, if it's for eminent domain like a border or a freeway, that, that's a stuff that's very important. But on a local level, you got local governments displacing people for entertainment purposes, and I don't like that. But, uh, you know, putting up uh, arenas and things like that, I think that's wrong, you know. But uh, for borders and freeways and for the good of the public, that's what an eminent domain is for. Well, eminent domain is a very abused term within our country. I know from my city yeah. after the flood, uh, they actually changed municipal codes without the votes of the people to allow them to trample on those rights. That's something right. that I feel strongly about because I feel strongly about the fact that we are free people and have the rights afforded to us by the Constitution. And when there is ever any overreach by the government, I'm the first to shout it out, especially when it's to their benefit. Um <laughs> Now, today's rally is huge. Um, it's a thousand feet from the border. I'm expecting, sure yeah, I'm expecting, uh, obviously a huge crowd from what I hear. They don't even have tickets anymore that they've like <sighs> overdone on the tickets. And, um, it's, it's, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I want to hear the stories, but I would also love for him to address this eminent domain issue. I would, because then it shows that he doesn't just talk about his, you know, his line of agenda, but he's like, Hey, I acknowledge these issues too. I mean, this is what I would like to hear, not saying that he would do it, but uh, you know, as a citizen that um, supports free rights of all Americans, I'd like to see it. Um, mm-hmm. Raul, I want you to be safe, enjoy yourself, yes. take tons of pictures. And if you uh, run into them, just tell them everyone here at Red State loves what they're doing. We totally support them. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited for I you. Will. I think everyone is. Um, who's not in Texas. And for all my fans down in El Paso, guys, just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Uh, 
you know, and just listen because it's so different when you're there listening to the man speak. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and we'll know just a few seconds, I guess, after you guys know what his huge announcements are today. In fact, I think, uh, Laura from here, her, uh, Ingram angle. So that's also nice. Yes. Yes. So, you know, so I, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm waiting to hear, um, a lot of things in regards to our border. I would love for him to be like, you know what? They're letting, they don't want us to even hold on to criminals. I mean, this is a new demand that they have that we have to, um, not detain criminal aliens. They don't want us I'm, to detain them I'm, or deport them. I'm not the, I'm not the first person to say this and it seems radical coming from me, but the Democrats today, they can call themselves uh, leftists, whatever, but they're nothing but communists. And if you look at a video that I've saved, it's called the 45 Goals of Communism from 1963, and it breaks them down point by point. I'm not getting into all of them, but the major ones is a complete takeover of the media, which is pretty much done infiltrate the, the universities, that's done. Uh, infiltrate the media, that's done. And so they pretty much succeeded for a lot of these things. And to lay down their arms, the America is, is something else they want, and, and they, they're not going to get me to lay down my Smith & Wesson, that's for sure. That's true. And if we look at, you know, if we um, think of the Democrats, Think of them in the words of Vladimir Lenin. The goal of socialism, he once said, is communism. And, you know, they're looking to disarm us because one man with a gun, another quote of Lenin's, is what can control a hundred without one. And this is important. Um, People don't seem to understand what the Democratic Party is really – a representative and you know these anti antifa people which are actually the fascists right the fascism right. is when we see our um capitalistic society crumble this is exactly what we are visualizing now that's something else lenin said i mean if you go down lenin right. has been telling us uh you know through his words of how it's done they used you know what he said they are using our youth against us oh by the way, speaking yeah. of youth, my daughter uh, was on Friday was begging me to go and rent this movie called The Hate You Give. It uh, talks mm-hmm. about uh, the police shooting a black young man, woman. I, I don't know the whole story, but she was like, I want to see it because it's about injustice. And I was telling my husband, I don't want to rent it for her because she's going to be upset. He said, well, you know, there are inequalities. The police do, you know, attack minorities. And I said, listen, honey, I mm-hmm. completely agree, but it happens both ways. We only see the one way, it does. right? Because we do have, you know, minority, um, those that we consider minorities, because I don't even see minorities anymore. We're all this. I mean, if you break it down demographically, we're right. all about 33%, 33% this, 33% you, that. You, we're all equal across know, the board. Things. Things are very hardcore nowadays, but before I go, I'd like to let you all go with a really cute, if you will, uh, leftist or Democrat uh, riddle for you guys, okay? And that is, what is the 
difference between a puppy and a snowflake? I don't know. The difference is after six months, the puppy stops whining. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, and and the leftists, the snowflakes, they've never stopped crying up to this day. That's correct. Well, thank you, Raul, for calling in. I wish you to have all the fun. um, And I really hope that you get to be the president's VIP. I hope you get to be rolled up right in front so you can see him. And um, I really do hope that. And for everyone going, I hope all of you uh, get to meet uh, your local representatives and even the president. And I want you guys to have tons Mm -hmm. of fun. Thank you for calling in, Raul. It was a pleasure again. God bless you, Tori. God bless bless America. And God bless President Trump. God bless. Have a great day. And so um, on that note, I just wanted to say, referring to my daughter's movie watching. Anyway, she watched it. Long story short, my husband was like, let her watch it. She read the book. She wants to watch it. She was fuming afterwards. And you would think, you know, in this day and age, the way the schools have indoctrinated our children, that she would be upset over the fact that, you know, there was a shooting and that, um, you know, black Americans are oppressed. No, she wasn't. She said, I cannot believe that movie wanted me to feel bad because I have white skin. Incredible. See, this is what their plan was. This is why we have people asking people for forgiveness. She was like, I don't understand, you know, how people can see that this is okay. She said how this message is okay. And she says, I've had a friend of mine once tell me to sit my white ass down. And I, oops, did I say that on air? I did, but okay. We say worse. She said that to me and she said, mom, I don't know how to respond to that. Aside from saying that's really racist and that's offensive. Why would you use my skin color to tell me to be quiet or sit down? Why would you do that? And she says in 10 years, they're going to be making us feel like the minority. And that's true because there's no racism against the white population. It's only against others. And I am proud to see that she was upset for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. And I think maybe I was more scared of her watching that movie because I was thinking, well, what if I haven't done my job right to allow her to be critical? What if the indoctrination of, you know, the social media, the cartoons, the TV shows, the video games, public education, what if all that has planted that seed into her and you know, no matter how much uh, conversation we have or how much we do uh, discuss things and, you know, talk about people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, geopolitics, global politics. I talk about this stuff with my kids. You know, what if none of that has resonated because they planted that seed too far in there? Because that's what they've been doing. You only need one generation of crazies, one generations of, of, of apology of, of people that only apologize for the past to ruin a nation. And this is what the Democrats have banked for. And this is why Reagan had said that he was going to end the Department of Education, but it's still not happening. And we're seeing that the president is tweeting about it because this is how you ruin the future of a nation by corrupting the youth. And So when she wanted to watch this movie, I was actually scared because my parenting was on the line. (laughs) 
So I think it was more ego, but I had a sigh of relief when she said, I am so, she was in tears. She was so upset. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be president of the United States. This is going to fix. And I was like, well, let's just hope that whoever fills the shoes of our now president in 2024 can continue this path or that the changes our president makes today can, you know, survive if someone else comes in between. This movie for me was a test to my parenting and a test to raising a child. And I was very, uh, I, I think it was an ego thing, like I said, but I was actually very proud that, you know, I guess her generation didn't get that seed implanted too far. And maybe it's because, you know, mom talks about politics with her kids. We watch the news. Um, when we sit together, we watch documentaries together. Um, and we have discussions. So for me, seeing that our president is talking about the education because he retweeted, um, yesterday, uh, club for growth, uh, agreed Senate needs to confirm. Wait, no, where is it? Oh, we agree. The time is now the time has come to pass school choice for America's children. And this is a debate we're having in my state too, about homeschooling, um, and decentralizing education. But the problem is, is that the educators, the people that are going through school right now to be teachers are indoctrinated and taught to embed these seeds in our children, which is also a problem. So how do you fix that if the universities are teaching these instructors to recruit the generation of, uh, you know, social justice warriors? Uh, that's a question. So even if we take out, what are we just all homeschool? I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. As long as the parents can get support. I mean, this would allow us to maybe choose a PhD student to come in and teach our kid and pay them. I, I don't know. I'll see you shortly. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone. And call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the last half hour of the Tory Says Show. So now um, I want to talk about Adam Schiff. I told you guys last week it's all going to be about Schiff. And I want you guys to listen to um, a statement he made quickly. So that way you understand where I'm going with this. Because this is, this is pretty huge. Um, he's pretty much pulled the trigger on the last resort that they have on doing anything remotely to investigate the president. Let me play this clip. Hold on, because it's on mute. ...by some pecuniary interest. Let me it is to make sure the president of the United States is working in the national interest, that he is not uh, motivated by some pecuniary interest or fear of compromise or actual compromise. That's the length and breadth of it. Uh, so in terms of the president's business, we're not interested in our committee and whether he's a tax cheat or he's not worth what he says he is or those issues. What we're interested in is does the president have business dealings with Russia mm-hmm. such that it compromises the United States? And, and the perfect example is something we know about already. And that is, as a presidential candidate, while he was telling the country he had no business dealings with Russia, he was pursuing the most lucrative deal, I think, of his life and seeking the Kremlin's help to make it happen. Uh, That's a different form of collusion, but it is equally compromising to the country because it means the President of the United States is looking out for his bank account and not for the United States of America. You have said you're not convinced Robert Mueller is looking at this angle. Why? Why would reporting well I think he should be uh, but the president has tried to draw a red line and say you can't look at this and I think the reason that we're looking Can at I it pause is, you there how would yeah. you not know if he's in if, would Mueller wouldn't Mueller warn you okay I'm in the middle of invest investigating this so be patient here uh, and wait till my report if not he were not I mean necessarily okay. I mean we're we're doing our best to deconflict with him but up until now that's been a non-issue because in the minority mm-hmm. uh, in the last two years the Republicans uh, would not do any investigation. Uh, I mean, wouldn't do a credible investigation of the Russia links. Certainly, wouldn't look into the president's finances. So there was nothing to deconflict as long as they were in charge. 
But, but the reason I, I'm concerned about it, Chuck, is there has been reporting that when uh, it was alleged that the special counsel had subpoenaed Deutsche Bank, right. that the president uh, uh, moved to fire Mueller. Uh, and the way they talked him off the ledge was by promising that that reporting wasn't true, that the special counsel hadn't subpoenaed Deutsche Bank. Well, if the special counsel hasn't subpoenaed Deutsche Bank, he can't be doing much of a money laundering investigation. So that's what concerns me, that that red line has been enforced, whether by the deputy attorney general or by some other party at the Justice Department. But that leaves the country exposed. Okay. Did you guys hear that? He's what I was saying earlier, right? This is this is a video clip from yesterday uh, where he was on Meet the Press talking about this. But this feeds into what I said earlier. They are trying to say that Whitaker is stymieing this. Now, here's where people that are informed can call foul on what he's saying. Four months ago, Deutsche Bank was raided at the, you know, in Europe, uh, Dresner actually was, which is a subsidiary of Deutsche Bank. So what he's saying is he wanted to get with Deutsche Bank because for some reason he knows that Deutsche Bank is one of the banks that was going to be funding if he was going to build a Trump hotel in Russia, which is a business project. He has businesses everywhere. But, you know, he opened one up in Scotland. That was no big big deal. But because it's Russia, it is a big deal, right? He has one in Macau. He has everywhere, but because Russia, right? Because this fits the narrative. So his concern is, is that he didn't subpoena or go to Deutsche Bank, and that was a problem. Well, the other problem for Mueller doing that is that Uranium One was actually uh, completed through Dresner. Right. And Dresner was raided. Deutsche Bank has a lot of big problems right now with the Panama Papers and the Clinton Foundation. So Schiff is not very honest. He's throwing away. He's throwing out into the open names of banks that sound fancy, sound huge. It's a German bank. It used to be owned by uh, the the, you know, by Germany. It's now completely privatized. It was the first one that piloted uh, trading uh, an Asia fund in China, the first one. It was done by a gentleman called Dr. Weber, uh, who's now in Singapore. Uh, so it's uh, a pretty big deal. And him throwing that name around is to throw more clout to their suggestion from this questioning they did to Whitaker, inferring that someone at the Department of Justice is not allowing them to see his finances, which they've already made clear, like I said, during the questioning of Whitaker. So basically, they're trying to say that Whitaker is responsible, right, for not allowing uh, Mueller to investigate the financials. Do you see where they're going with this? Do you see what I was saying in the first hour? This is why I wanted the second hour to kind of tie that up for you. Because when we saw it at face value, when we listened to the hearing, when we listened to the questions, it was all targeting his character. Why? Because they are trying to drum up a narrative. Now, Schiff 
If he was to say that to me, if I was questioning him, I'd say, well, why would we subpoena Deutsche Bank? It would be Dresner because Dresner is the one that conducts the businesses in Russia, in China, in India, because it's a subsidiary. So you would then say, let's go to Deutsche Bank. Okay. Well, in order to go to Deutsche Bank, you have to have a really wide subpoena. That would mean that we would get information on you, Schiff, because we already know the dealings that the DNC has with Deutsche Bank. It's clear. But we didn't have to go to Deutsche Bank. We got that from Dresner. It's uh, Dresner versus So DSK. So... This is where we're at. We got Schiff coming forward to drive this narrative home that acting attorney general has been colluding with the Trump administration. This is their new spiel, right? And this is coming to the forefront. So this is what they're investigating now. They're thinking, do we let him stay on so that way we can keep probing? Because if he leaves, we can't probe because William Barr may stymie that. This is where we're at, guys. That William Barr may not be confirmed because they need acting Attorney General Whitaker to either be Attorney General or not to, to actually pursue this. Because if he does leave this week... They can't go back on it because they already know that William Barr said he's not going to release any information from the Mueller investigation. Do you see how things come about? This is a big deal. Schiff is in the middle of it, and I think he's going to have a really Schiffy week because he's saying that he wants to see if the president is making decisions to benefit himself and not the people of America. Well, Adam... We're all starting to take a look at your self-reporting like we've started to look at all the senators and congresspersons self-reporting. I made it clear that Pelosi has capitalized using her position in Congress throughout her lifetime. And now we're going to be looking at yours like the 7.8 million hush money that you got. You know, the standard. We're all looking into it. See, a corrupt individual will reflect exactly what they're capable of on you, right? So if they're saying, oh, you're looking to benefit yourself and not the people, you better know that they're already doing it. If someone accuses you of saying, oh, you have another profile on Facebook and you're doing this, you know that they have like 10 of them. If they're claiming things, they're pretty much the ones doing it. So all you have to do, and that's how corrupt individuals are. They're so predictable. I've said it before, predictable. They will reflect what they're doing or what they're capable of doing onto you as an accusation. So now their new accusation is, is that he has used the Department of Justice to stymie the Mueller investigation from investigating him or looking into his finances. The reason they're saying this is because through Manafort and Cohen, they found diddly squat. They found nothing. Actually, they got a lot on the Podestas. They got a lot on the Clintons. They got a lot on Uranium One, but they still have no Russia collusion. This is where we're at. So they're taking the next step. This is their final shot. And they are trying to tie Whitaker into this 
And the only way they can do that if, is that if he remains active within the DOJ. So that is a question all of us should be asking ourselves. Will William Barr be confirmed? Will they indeed have him, right, stay on so they can start their new narrative? Apparently, you know, uh, fake a Warren says that by the time she runs, President Trump may not be a free person. She inferred on a public platform that our president is going to be arrested. I wonder, is she going to claim ignorance on filing as an American Indian on her demographics, falsifying federal documentation? I mean, I don't even know how she even has the audacity to run, let alone um, <laughs> Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota running. Like, who is she? Like I said, guys, pay attention. These are all people that are there purposely to fatten the account of the DNC because they aren't the ones that are really going to be running. They are not. None of them. Seeing Michelle Obama yesterday at the Grammys should hint a lot to a lot of you. Uh, she hasn't officially thrown her hat in, but she might actually come down if they can't whip Yang into submission. See, Yang's very, very square and won't take influence like that from the Democrats. And the Democrats have already realized allowing loose cannons like Ocasio can cause damage. They needed Ocasio because this is how they put forward these crazy new deals, right? The Green Deal, which was insane, which she lied about that was on her own page saying, oh, they're falsifying, but it came from your page. It was purposely done. Like I've said, this is facilitating the talking points for Yang. But seeing Michelle Obama yesterday at the Grammys indicates that they might actually shoot that chamber out right? They might have her throw her hat in the race. I'd love to see it because there is no way she's going to win. Uh, pulling out from what Obama's doing. I mean, this may, um, allow things if she puts her hat in the race, it may allow things to stay on the hush. And this is why I think these people are actually running like Amy Klobuchar, um, and Warren may indeed be running because if they're running, uh, if they're being sued or investigated by the government, that has to be maintained closed because according to campaign laws, if there's an investigation while they're running by law enforcement, they can't make that public because that could be seen as political attack. So that can be something that Michelle Obama may use to cover up for her husband. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's something we need to think about because seeing her on that stage was crazy. All she did was breathe and all these people started crying and clapping. And it's like, you've got a dude up there pretending he's a chick, doesn't even come out of the closet, and make it straight and sits there talking about music with a bunch of people that no one in America was watching. The majority of the audience was not from the United States. Nobody cared. Nobody watched it. 
And half of the performers there, nobody knows about. I mean, if you go through the Grammys hashtag, you'll see that most of them were in foreign languages. Like Americans were not watching. Everybody turned it off. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because their voice means nothing. You're supposed to be an entertainer. The minute you implicate politics, you're done. You're wiped. You're off. Nobody listens. You're done. I mean, Cardi B opened up her mouth. Like I was a huge Cardi B supporter and I'd listen to her music, you know, but I don't anymore. Why? I won't pay a dime for it. Why? Because she opened her mouth. She got into politics. It's like, come on, man. Why are you getting into politics? Why do you go ahead and ruin your brand like that? But we all know why. Because they all need to tell you who to vote for in 2020. They all need to tell you where you need to be spending your money and where you need to put your vote. Because they're all worried that they won't have all these fake votes anymore. He's made it clear. You know, Obama complained that he had a big mess after Bush, right? And that every failure he had was because of Bush. And Bush said the same thing about Clinton and Clinton said the same thing about Bush and Bush said the same thing about Reagan, even though Bush 41 was literally the president during the time of Reagan. After Reagan was shot, he was just there. He just existed because he valued his life more than his principle. He would make, make note of his principles, but he was never allowed to act on them. He promised a lot of things and never got it done because they overpowered him. They did. I really loved Reagan. When he spoke, the room stood still. He spoke to the average American, just like President Trump does. And President Trump has been saying the same thing for almost 40 years. Not like he's changed his tune, hasn't flip-flopped. He's been on point since day one. So you have to think. For our president to say, no president ever worked harder than me cleaning up the mess I inherited, this is the first time in his administration that he referred to this horrific state he received our country in. And it, it was quite dire our military depleted no space program, but we're sending astronauts to space this year. No economy, no manufacturing jobs. Economy was in, in the gutter. We fighting endless wars, triggering war everywhere, spending money overseas rather than domestically. He did indeed inherit a mess. And this is the first time he made mention to it in over two years of being in office. So I applaud him for that. I do applaud him that he finally put it out there and said, this is a hot mess that I've had. And you know, it's really unfair that the mainstream media and people that consider themselves progressive when all they're advocating for is expedited communism. Don't give him credit. How many jobs there are. Manufacturing is back. The Dow is growing. There's confidence in our economy. We're ending wars and not starting them. We're promoting values. And you know what? We're a country 
that is founded in Christian values. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean you can't be any other religion, but it's like those moral code values of family. That is what makes our country work. That is what makes America amazing. That we have family values. Where have those gone? Statistically, you know, if you took a regular ecology class in college and you would try to find the probability or the ratio of death to birth, we are in a decline. Our population within the United States is declining. People are no longer getting married or if there's children, they're in single households. Where are the fathers? Where is that family foundation? Those wholesome values we stood by where we had family gatherings, where we would sit on the porch and have barbecues and shoot off guns and fireworks together. Where is that? Why is everyone single bitter with 20 million baby daddies? Because we have taught society that that is acceptable. It should not be our nature as beings, aside from being sentient, right, is to have our network of support and love and partners and offspring. Like any organism on this planet, our goal is for the survival of the species. And we are being taught to not perpetuate the survival of our species, humankind. We are being taught that family is not important. Career is. That, you know, families can be dysfunctional. Why? How is that okay? What happened to the values of hard work and love and sitting down at the dinner table with those who love you, who are your blood, your flesh and blood, to sit down and share a meal together and break bread? What happened to waving to your neighbor on the street? What? Because we're a dense population in some cities? No, it's unacceptable. I lived in New York. There were times where I didn't even see my neighbors in Manhattan, but there would be people that I would consider my extended family, my doorman, the, you know, my building had a long John Silver's in it. So, you know, the, the waitresses there, I don't know, like the deli guy, the Chinese store on the corner, you know, where I would go in and get my candy. Um, you know, there was still that, that feeling in, in the early nineties of belonging to a community. We have lost that along with fam. No more family values, the white picket fence, you know, the, the woman wanting to have children, why not? It doesn't sacrifice your career. The most blessed thing a woman can do is create life and raise it and make it a productive citizen in society and look at it with, you know, and, and raise a child to be 20 times better than her. Why is this now not acceptable? These are the things we need to bring back. These moral values, this stable family environment, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to be a hetero. You can be a homosexual, but still want children, right? A lot of them do. Why not have these values? They aspire for it just as, just as well. Take it from a scientific perspective. 
How can you have a species survive if you're telling them not to reproduce and you're killing babies? You're promoting the death of infants. You're promoting eugenics. You're using genetic modifications to choose the type of child you want. This is happening in Asia already. This president is trying to bring us back to what made America a great idea in the first place. To be a place where we can be free. To be a place where we can protect our freedoms and work hard. And the harder you work, the more you have. Almost 300 years later, we have a society that is telling us you don't need to work. We'll take care of you. You don't need to aspire. We'll take care of you. You don't need to reproduce. We'll take care of that. We'll allow the people that we believe are allowed to reproduce or should reproduce to benefit society. This is where it's going to come down to. I mean, China's there already. Remember, they're way ahead of us and skip past. It's like they click fast forward on certain things. Though in the United States, because they're culturally acclimated to that kind of control, our citizens have not because they have been I would say they were told they were free and then their freedoms were slowly taken away. And I go back to the implementation of social security. That's where they started destroying families. That's where they made divorce acceptable. That's where they allowed the man to say, well, I don't want to have the baby. You deal with it. That's where everything started to change. When you stop looking after your parents, stop having aspirations, stop having that job, stop being patriotic, Stop wanting to defend your nation. Stop, stop, stop. Because that's the only way you can control people by killing their aspirations, their dreams, and their goals. Because if their goals are just to exist, wake up in the morning, play a video game, smoke a cigarette, get high, and go and have coffee with your friend, and they are content with that where they sit down and talk about philosophies, but never implement them. This is the generation now that is voting. This is why our country is at this tipping point. And like our president said, I think this administration is showing us, are we for America or against? And this is the tipping point between good and evil and the foundations of our very nation. Tomorrow we'll talk about the rally 